Hello, Dork Squad. I'm Jonathan Cormer, and you're listening to Dork Tales Storytime, the podcast for kids and their pop culture-loving grown-ups. It's a beautiful day for a story, adventure and glory, new friends and old ones too. It's an excellent day to get swept away in a tale, so let us regale you. Merry Band of Bremen by Amy Thompson. Ah, what are you up to there, mate? Ah, oh, ah, sorry, Reg. I didn't mean to jump. I just, uh, I had no idea you were standing there. Yes, I've been told that before. Well, you're just very unassuming. And I was busy moving this couch, and that had all of my focus. Plus, I wasn't expecting you until one. You're early. His apologies for arriving prematurely, my good man, but you should notice when someone enters your home. Unannounced. I called out, but my voice is a, uh, <clears throat> touch raspy today. You see, I was cheering for my favorite cricket team a little too vigorously last night. You called out. Yes, I said, uh, Yoo-hoo, Jonathan, I'm entering your domicile. Even used a stick to ring the doorbell. Oh, well, that's very resourceful of you. I'm sorry, I must have missed all of that when I was moving this heavy couch. It's making quite a racket. I'll say. Yeah, this old thing is heavy. And I still have ten more feet to go until I get it where I want it. Oh, you'd like it to live over there by the window? Yeah, I was hoping to get some more sunlight, but now I'm not sure if it's worth it. If only this monstrosity had wheels. <laughs> well, could you use a paw? Maybe some prickly little help? Oh, yeah, sure. Little is right. <gasps> Are you rejecting my proposal? Well, although I'm grateful, not only am I rejecting your proposal, Reg... But I'm also rejecting the idea that you could be any help in moving this humongous piece of furniture. Oh, oh well, I say, turning down your teammate. Little did you know that I've moved my fair share of sofas, even a settee once, on my own. You have? Yes. Do you have a cart or a dolly? A clone sheep? Uh, no, not in this instance, mate. Perhaps a hand truck or even a skateboard. Don't you think if I had anything resembling a board with wheels on it, I'd have already tried using it? All right, no need to be so snippy. Sorry. And what's more, you've hurt my feelings. You know, this whole mess has me thinking of a story. A story? But isn't storytelling... My job? Oh, I've got loads of stories to tell. You just haven't asked. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I assumed you didn't have any. Ha ho, that's rich. Do you think I wait around all day for storytellers like you to impart morals on me? That's where you're mistaken, my friend. I've lived a long life full of tales you'd only dream of. Oh, well, now's as good a time as any to listen. 
let's sit right here on the couch and take a break for your story. Do you sing too? Mm, oddly enough, that's how this story starts, but no, not even Mary and her little lamb could get me to croon like I used to. Like you used to? Yes, I used to be a part of a band, the Bremen Town Musicians. Oh, I've heard of them. That tale was originally written by Wilhelm and Jacob Grimm, right? Well, the brothers Grimm told their version of the story, but they didn't tell the one I actually experienced. I lived it. You did? Oh, please tell me about it, Reg. Well, okay, I'll share my side of the story. <laughs> so, once upon a time... Ooh, I like the sound of that. <laughs> there was an aging donkey named Seymour. He was my friend, you see, and he belonged to the miller. Seymour spent his years carrying sacks of grain back and forth from the mill to their home. And he was becoming tired. His trips to the mill had become more difficult, and each year added more struggles to his steps. Poor Seymour. Oh, but that's not all. The miller noticed the donkey's decline in vigor, and he was not pleased. Cruelly, he decided not to paint Seymour's hooves fun colors anymore. Uh, no. He decided, cruelly, not to dye his mane flashy stripes anymore. No, Jonathan. I know what you're trying to do, but it was much worse. The miller decided not to feed Seymour any further. He was just going to let my friend starve instead of waste food. Oh. Oh, that is cruel. Yes, and I now realize how aggravating it must be when I interject as you narrate. I apologize. Oh, no worries. I'm pretty used to it. Uh, but I'll stop interrupting you. Please continue. <laughs> Thank you. So anyway, Seymour caught word that the miller was no longer interested in feeding him. So he left. He chewed through his rope, kicked open his stall door, and walked away from the farm forever. He decided to go to the town of Bremen and make a living doing something else. And can you guess what that was? Music? Yes. Seymour decided to become a Bremen town musician. He was very adept at percussion. As he traveled along the road, he came upon a shaggy dog. Oi! You there! Why are you panting so? Asked our donkey friend. It's hot. I'm weak. I've been kicked out of my home. Well, to be truthful, I ran away. I heard my master was going to sell me off because I can no longer go hunting. Eh, you too, hee-haw! Yeesh, humans were bad in this story. Oh, you haven't heard the half of it, Jonathan. Seymour realized he had a lot more in common with the dog than he originally expected. See where I'm heading with this, Jonathan? Um, no. Well, Seymour introduced himself to the dog, who said his name was Lawrence, and the two continued traveling side by side, on their way to becoming musicians. As the duo continued down the road, they came upon a cat, and this is my favorite part of the Grimm Brothers' iteration. The cat had, and I quote, 
a face like three days of rainy weather. In other words, to say she was simply unhappy would be an understatement. Why was she unhappy? That's exactly what Seymour asked. And the cat replied with a yowl. Who can be cheerful when they've got nothing to be joyful about? I'm getting older and my teeth are dullin'. I no longer want to explore or chase mice. Instead, I prefer to sit behind the stove and purr. The lady of the house found a second mouse in her pantry this month and threw me out for good. Now I live on the cold, hard streets. Aye, would you like to come with us? said Seymour. We left our homes too. We're headed to Bremen to become the town musicians, added Lawrence the dog, and Seymour jumped in. Can you make music? You're welcome to join. <laughs> and that's how it happened. The cat, who eventually introduced herself as Tabitha, joined Lawrence the dog and Seymour the donkey as they made their way to Bremen. But before they got to the wood, they came upon someone else? Yes. They ran into a rooster who had certainly seen brighter days. When they asked him why he left his home, the rooster's reply was, Oh, I crowed there'd be good weather, and there wasn't. The lady of the house was angry with me because her washing could not dry in time for Sunday supper. She was so mad, she told her husband they'd eat me for dinner. But I don't want to be chicken soup, so instead... I'll cry and cry in my misery as loud as I can. Oh, come now. There, there. It's all right, dearie. Consoled Tabitha. Oh, yes. Not all hope is lost for you. Cheered Lawrence. Aye, we're headed into town to become musicians. Instead of crying, you can join us. I've heard your voice and know you'd be a great backup singer. And with that, the rooster known as Gerald, Tabitha the cat, Lawrence the dog, and Seymour the donkey moved on down the road to Bremen. But it was more than a day away, so the four decided to spend the night in the woods. They picked a big tree to camp safely under, with Lawrence and Seymour curled up in its roots, Tabitha in its branches, and Gerald all the way up at the tree's top. Good view? Precisely. He wanted to be able to see from miles in all directions. As Lawrence was scooting into place deeper into the tree's roots, he felt a pinch. Hey, what happened? Asked the concerned donkey. Oh, something sharp and pointy in these roots. And what, pray tell, do you think was in the roots of that tree, Jonathan? Uh, a sea urchin? Hogwash! Why would a sea urchin be in the forest? I'm just joking, Reg. <laughs> I know that prickly surprise all too well. It must have been you. Oh, <laughs> yes, got me there, my lad. It was I. But when did you live in the forest? I thought you always had your little home in the Whimsy Woods. I had a wild phase. Hmm, don't know why I'm surprised. Back to the story. The dog had scooted his old rump into my spines and cried out in pain. I felt very bad. Truly, I did. But hey, you can't blame a hedgehog for protecting himself. 
Oh yeah, I've learned that the hard way a few times. So I popped my head up and introduced myself to Lawrence and Seymour. We quickly became fast friends. I told them I was there in the tree roots taking a nap and lost track of time. They asked where I was headed, and I responded, Wherever you find folks are going. <clears throat> eh, yes. I hadn't met a forest creature I truly connected with until that moment, you see. We were just about to hunker down together, so we could finish sleeping through the night, when Gerald crowed from the top of the tree. Hey, Gad! A light! A light! I see a flickering warm light! Could be a campfire! The four of us below realized our stomachs were rumbling from hunger at the thought of a warm meal. I could use a bit of meat off of an extra bone. Hey, I'm sure there's more heat closer to that glow. Maybe they'll even enjoy it if we play some music. <laughs> and that was that. We set off, with me riding on Lawrence's back, toward the glow. As we neared, we could see that the light was coming from a cabin. Oh, that's nice. Yes, we were very excited too. But just to be safe, and before barging through the front door, we peeked in the window to see what our potential cabin mates were doing. Ooh, was it a witch? Uh, not quite. But what we spied quickly extinguished our excitement. Rubbers! Oh, no. Oh, yes. It was a local band of thieves who lit a fire in the cabin's hearth and spread their haul of stolen treasures across the table. They were inspecting their spoils while eating a loaf of bread with some wine and cheese. So what did you do? Well, we hatched a plan. We decided to scare them away from the cabin and the stolen loot. So Seymour put his hooves on the window, Lawrence jumped on his back, Tabitha crawled up on Lawrence's back, and Gerald and I perched on Tabitha's back. And much like the musicians we intended to become, we all began to sing a cappella. Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. And pound against the window. It shattered. And we crashed into the room. We startled and frightened the robbers so horribly. They scattered and ran out of the cabin, disappearing into the night, shouting, Ghost! And it's a spirit! And it's the dread pirate Roberts! Run! Wow! So what did you do next? Well, we entered the cabin, of course, ate our fill, and fell asleep according to our natural inclinations. Our cozy cat curled by the warm ashes in the hearth, our dutiful dog set in front of the door, and our delightful donkey buried in a pile of hay. Gerald the rooster and I found our way up into the beams of the ceiling. But just after midnight, an actual ghost appeared. <sighs> Jonathan... What did we say about interruptions? Right, <laughs> sorry. Just after midnight, the robbers came back to peer into the cabin. There's nobody here from what I spy. No ghost, nothing. You, go check it out, Pete. 
So Pete was prodded into investigating the supposedly haunted cabin in the dark. He entered through the smashed window and made his way over to the hearth to strike a light. But he mistook the glow of Tabitha's eyes for smoldering coals and leaned in to try and light his match from them. When he neared her, Tabitha jumped up, screeched a blood-curdling sound, and spit and scratched his face. Oh, <laughs> he got what was coming to him. That's not the least of it. In his panic, the robber, Pete, backed into Lawrence by the door, who reared up and bit him in the leg. And as Pete was lumbering about in pain, Seymour gave him a swift, hard kick. Oof. Then he backed up into my spines in all of his confusion. Ouch! Oh, ouch! ouch. And to top it all off, Gerald, having just woken up, squawked down a hearty cock a doodle doo Sounds like chaos. It was. And it was also enough to terrify Pete away from the cabin for good. He returned to his band of loathsome friends and shared what happened, saying, It was terrifying in there. I swear to you, it was a witch. She screeched and scratched me. She must have had a knife by the door because she stabbed me with it. And then, when I was trying to leave, she clubbed me and screamed, Bring the rascal here! It took all my strength to get out of there. Let's never return! Run away! Ha! You animals really fooled them. Indeed, we definitely did. And then we lived in that cabin happily ever after. So think about that the next time you underestimate a creature and turn away from the power of teamwork, my friend. I'm sorry I doubted you, Reg. Oh, but wait, what about all of your musical aspirations? Did you become the Band of Bremen? <laughs> Righto. We made a best-selling album, Meow, That's What I Call Music, Volumes 1 through 30, with famous songs such as I'd cock-a-doodle-doo-anything-for-you and the hee-haw hoedown. That's amazing. And after returning as much of the stolen goods as we could back to the townspeople, they happily became patrons of our music-making. Wow. So, did you get to keep any of the robber's loot? Mm, in fact, I did. Look at this gold doubloon I've kept in my pocket ever since. To remind me of my wild forest phase. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh no, it went under the couch. Oh, don't worry, I can get it. Oof. Um, Jonathan, now that I'm down here, I can see something that I feel obligated to notify you about. Yes? Yeah. <sighs> Well, this couch does have wheels. You just need to disengage the brake. Oh, jeez. See, we make a great team. Yes, we do. It's true. Like my friends in the story, who were once underestimated and rejected 
just as I was earlier in the Great Couch Betrayal. All right, buddy, I wouldn't go that far. If we want to triumph, we must triumph together. No creature too weak or unwise. Our elders, actually wiser than we know, with many lessons to teach us. I agree. Now let's together and together. Only do we overcome the trials of the world. No creature is ever to be cast aside ever again. We will make music and stop robbers and move couches forevermore. Yes. <sighs> yes, Reg. Absolutely. Thanks for the story and the very emphatic lesson. Oh, you're welcome, my friend. Say, that was fun. Maybe I'll tell more stories from here on out. Maybe. But first, we move this couch together. On the count of three. This has been a John in Character production. Today's story was written by Amy Thompson, edited by Molly Murphy, and performed by Jonathan Cormer. Sound recording and production by Jermaine Hamilton at Hamilton Studios. Reach out to us on Instagram or email us at dorktalestorytime at gmail.com. Find links in the show notes or go to dorktalestorytime.com. Now, go be the hero of your own story, and we'll see you next Once Upon a Time.